Welcome to the Keeper Saw Texas podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Roth, and I'm with Jay and Jay. At the time of this recording, you guys are preparing for a big what? What is this party? What do you call this? Well, we have a release tonight. In fact, it's uh, this specific bottle. Yeah. We've uh, got kind of a local whiskey club that has come out and sampled some of the specific barrels that you guys have and have been aging. And um, this one actually aged seven years. And Super excited to get in the hands of uh, some great club members that love whiskey. Yeah. This this group, is it mostly East Texas people? Is it people just all over Texas? Is it multiple states? Well, it's focused. It's primarily East Texas. We try to keep it that way. And I say that, it's fairly spread out. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, it's, of course, it's the East Texas Whiskey Club. So it's going to be in East Texas. And I think the, it started centrally more right here in the Tyler area, but quickly is... Is growing. I'm in Henderson actually, so okay. you know I'm 35, 40 miles away. But we've got a lot of members from Henderson area, Longview, um, and, and then just continuing to, to spread out. I, I don't know how many members do are, do we have? Well, now, Jay? technically we're a little over 500 members in around East Texas. I say that, but we get requests all the time from people that don't live locally, and we're trying to really keep it pretty tight. Um, you know, a typical barrel is going to have somewhere between. 180 and 220 bottles that comes out of it and you, you just can't have a huge group and, and satisfy the masses when something amazing comes out there's something about the exclusivity of getting a, a small batch or a single barrel oh yeah you know that, that people want in some cases but yeah, and it's wildly different when when you get to actually go through the experience of trying several barrels and to know that that you've got a bottle that Fact is, nobody else in the world can go get. I mean, right. it's it's unique. You can't walk into a liquor store and just find something that's regularly stocked on your shelf that's going to come anywhere close to something that you've had the opportunity to go taste and, and specifically pick for mm-hmm. for you and your friends. It's funny. Over the course of the last year, we did eleven different barrels last year, and you know, I almost put the eleven barrels that we picked up against anything else that I can go go buy at the store. Oh yeah, so I, I love it. There are particular avenues that you have to kind of work through. Um, you know, not everything is sold on, on the wall at the liquor stores here locally. So you, you have to do some work through distribution and help it land so that you're working through all the right avenues to, to go make sure that you're doing it the right way. But yeah, we, we love the fact that, that Keepersall is sitting in here in our backyard. And I think that it, it's one of the reasons that, that Keepersall is the first distillery and winery that, that we've picked a second barrel from. Yeah, second. Wow. It's right here in our backyard. I think that despite being here, most of East Texas knows how, how good it is. Mm-hmm. Part of that has to do with this this stigma that Texas has in terms of bourbons. Right. You know, they're typically younger and a little bit immature in flavor. And, you know, when you get to go through individual barrels especially since we've tried six barrels for, for this experience. And we tried eight, really, <laughs> last year when we selected a barrel that uh, we've really found some, some unique taste that I think has done really, really well. And I know that, uh, I know everybody involved in distilling this has traveled out to Kentucky several times to try to replicate <laughs> that as close as they can. I say replicate that. They don't, I don't, they don't want Kentucky bourbon. They want Texas right. bourbon, but right. they've done a fantastic job of it. And I think that Texas in general, we talk about any distillery here in Texas, I think we've really made strides in the last several years to, to, to really produce some, some fantastic product. And I think that you're going to see 
nationally, you know, the, the, that that concept of Texas bourbon, I, I think it's going to change, and I don't think it's going to have the same stigma it has previously because there's great bottles out here, and people are going to start noticing it. Well, it's the same thing with with wine that wine went through with te- right. Keeper saw it do the same thing with with wine with Texas wine. Well, originally, you know, it was like well, Texas doing wine. That's well, that's yeah, California. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's so interesting how how in the Texas wine world, um, a lot of the Texans are starting to get it that Texas actually has some really good wines. Right. Uh, but we still have an issue with other people that come from other states, and they right. never think of, of Texas growing grapes. But sure. we are fifth in, in the, the country as far as uh, the amount of grapes that we grow. Uh, most of West Texas is go- converting from cotton fields over to vineyards. And mm. so we're seeing a lot more grapes growing locally here in, in Texas, and then seeing a lot of wineries pop up. So. Yeah, so the bourbon's the same. It's the same thing. you know. So those that are used to Kentucky bourbon, they're having to learn about Texas bourbon, but uh, we're going to help them. We're going to help them do that. We just need to get to the point that people are moving away from Texas or into, instead of into Texas, so they yeah. can just start spreading that. That's right. Spreading the word. Spreading the word. Yeah. There's a saying that people may have heard but don't fully understand it, but all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Yeah. Sure. There, there's specifics that, that have to be met, and one of the misnomers that we hear all the time is that it has to be from Bourbon County. That's definitely not true. We're sitting here in Texas. We're not. We're not in Kentucky. Right. Uh, but there are some specifics. For example, it's got to be fit at least fifty-one percent corn, and it has to age at least four years. It has to be made in the United States. Uh, yeah. and, and there's several others that new, you can, new, newly charred oak right. barrel. Yeah. That's right. Newly charred oak barrels, and even the char level varies from from distillery to distillery. So hopefully, I can I can share this. I, I think that there's some whiskey that you guys are distilling at the same time. In fact, I know there's some whiskey, so um, <laughs> several changes coming up, I guess, are, are opportunities in and around Keeper Sauce for some, some, some new great. Yeah, yeah. So for many years, we've, we've been making bourbon, um, but we have now expanded our program. And so because of barrel aging, we're not going to see anything right away. But right. yeah, we're working on a whiskey and I know there's plans for other you know, single malts and rye down the road. But, uh, you know, covid really made us shift the way we think about what we're doing. You know, we added, uh, we went from bourbon, rum, and, and vodka, and now we've added a gin yep. and a uh, blue agave spirit that we call Texila. So mm-hmm. because of that, you know, we've we've expanded everything, and, and that kind of ties into what the room that we're in right now. You know, behind the camera is the distillery, and then behind me is the infusion room. So now everything at Keepersall, we literally make all of our own liqueurs, bitters, tinctures. So if you like a really good old fashioned, we make everything right here. You know, the ingredients for that or a good blueberry bourbon sour, you know, when we have those on, on seasonal mm-hmm. cocktail, you know, we make all of that right here. We get the freshest ingredients and really, really cool opportunity to try everything at Keepersall from Keepersall. And if the rumor I've heard is accurate, and I think this is driven probably based on some of these clubs. Like more and more people that are into these clubs are starting to develop a taste for higher proof bourbons. Yeah. And right now you guys have a 90 and you have a Jimmy's 100. Mm-hmm. And this specific bottle is 125.5 proof. Rumor has it there may be a cast strength bourbon coming out in the next, I don't know how long, but near future. In the future? I think we're super excited about it or super excited to hear that that's going to potentially be an option. Well, first of all, for those that don't know, we're, we're a debt-free company. Because of, of the way we've grown, we've grown real slow and, and steady. 
And now we're at the point to where there's a demand more for Jimmy's, for the bourbon. There's only so much bourbon we can make in a year. And so because of that, we're, we're getting to a point where, okay, we, let's start adding a whiskey. You know, we, we can get whiskey out a little bit faster than we can a bourbon. There's going to be some times where it's going to be a single barrel, like you said, cast strength, or it's going to be, you know, maybe a small blend. Uh, the club, you know, you, you guys started this obviously locally. How did that even come about? I mean, obviously you guys love bourbon. Well, that's I mean, a, there, there's a there's a funny story behind that. Uh, <laughs> I actually... As every good club starts with, right? <laughs> there, there were some other larger cities that, that are around us that, that had established clubs, large clubs. Some of them com communicate via email. Some of them have web pages. Some of them are on Facebook. But um, I started to get an opportunity to join a couple of them. And I just, I thought it was awesome. Uh, the, the combination of getting really, really cool whiskey and bourbon, along with meeting 500 new friends and, and having something to communicate about and having another hobby that, that never would have existed otherwise, just stood out. And, and there was myself and a couple others. And the funny thing was we were in you know, a Dallas club and we loved it. And we wanted to create one here. And I was like, well, I'm not creating it. <laughs> uh, lo and behold... Uh, a year later, we've got a cool group of, of six of us that try to be as in inclusive as anybody else in East Texas. That, you know, everybody who loves this stuff, we want you to come join. But I do have a heavier hand in it than maybe I originally intended to. Um, but fact is, I think it's just infectious. You would know this. What, what did our liquor cabinets look like before <laughs> before <laughs> a club existed? And yeah. What does it look like over a year of of, of and COVID had a lot to do with that. <laughs> COVID had a, had a lot had a lot to do with that, and it shut down a lot of things. And and um, we started right there in, in February, yeah. March. We had one little small gathering, and COVID shut down everything. That's right. And so, I mean, there was only I don't know, 20, 30 people there. I think at our little first gathering that we had, which we thought was great and big, and, and you know, we were really so the, proud of ourselves. We were proud of that. And, we're, and, we're sitting here thinking, what could we potential? Like, what yeah. could be our first pick? <laughs> yeah. And, but the problem at the time were yields. Mm. I mean, there were some really, really cool whiskeys and bourbons that we could go pick. But like, how in the world are we going to find 200 people that want a bottle? Oh. So, I mean, right. When yeah. we hit 50, we were pretty excited. Yeah, you really <laughs> got to commit to something big. So, yeah, when we got 50 and then we hit the 100, I mean, it just, and then it just took off. Uh, so people are sitting at home, not able to work or do whatever and needing something else to do. They're inside and this, it was perfect timing. Almost every major city. And I know Houston has several, Dallas has several, Austin has several. Um, when you start to build relationships, even across the country, you hear of other clubs that are, that are floating around in different areas. There's opportunities to sometimes share something. You're not going to be able to get anywhere else. And that's what, that's what, I mean, that's what he was talking about here. This is something, this one barrel is the one barrel. It is what it is. There's only, I don't know how many, yield, how many bottles we had out of this, 200-ish. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's it. I mean, that's, that's all there is. So you have people knocking on the door wanting you want yours, but I don't want to give mine up. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've been we've been to work events. We've been down to visit friends and family down in, in the Houston market. And I, I gotta say, it's fun to bring a couple bottles yes. that we know they've never tried before. And yes, they're gonna have a couple bottles that I've never tried before. And you know, it, it's just gonna to sit be down a and fun just, experience. You just it's test and drink. It's and compare. It's it's a great. Great to do. And I think the funny thing is that when you come into something like this, you, you check your, you know, whatever selfish work-related desire, you kind of check them at the door. And yep. suddenly it's just a, a, a group of friends okay. right. or a family, a, you know, a club that, that 
we all come from different areas. We all come from different fields. And at the end of the day, we all love drinking this brown juice. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, we've all got different collections at home, and that kind of makes it fun as well. Oh, and I've said over and over and over that the, the purpose of owning this stuff is to share it and enjoy it. There are guys locally I know that have very, very expensive bottle collections and, and huge hearts at the same time. You come over and visit, you know, unlock the liquor cabinet. What do you want to try? <laughs> what we're hoping to do maybe a barrel a month. Um, Which is about what we did the first year. We got a little ahead of ourselves. And um, <laughs> three barrels might have accidentally landed in January and weren't <laughs> anticipated all landing here, but that's okay. Um, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll have a good time. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll do some really, really cool barrels that, that maybe you wouldn't typically find because it, it's stocked in the small batch somewhere. And, we can do a single barrel. There's even places just like Jimmy that doesn't yep. do a single barrel at this point, but they can, especially if, if you have the capacity to come out and, and find enough people to They've purchase done two. a single barrel. That's right. What's a unicorn? There are allocated bourbons, and for the most part, when an allocated bourbon lands, one of these liquor stores might get a case. They might get two might. bottles. Yeah. And there, there's way too many people in this world. There's not too many. There are so many people in this world now that love whiskey and love bourbon, but you hear the same names over and over again. And we've all heard of Pappy Van Winkle, and you know they make several different variations of, of, of what they're producing, and the chances of snagging one each fall when they come out are, are slim to none. So we refer to those as unicorns. The fun, more fun for us though, you know, yeah, you get lucky here and there, but more fun is to go out and pick a barrel somewhere that, that you can say, hey. Go set this. Go set this next to your pappy. Go try <laughs> put a put a put a mask on. Try them blind and tell me what you think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Um, yeah. I mean, unicorns exist, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm I'm not sure that a lot of it's branding, it's marketing. Yeah, it's I don't, just played that way. I don't yeah. know that the juice is necessarily. I mean, worth the squeeze if you're going to go line up at, at a liquor store before it opens every single whatever day <laughs> their trucks come, just so you're waiting to maybe get one. <laughs> My personal opinion, but. Maybe that's just because I'm, I'm unlucky and I'll never find it. <laughs> right. What does that look like for you guys? Like if I wanted to join the East Texas Bourbon Club, great, right. or is it? You're in. Oh. There, there's no dues. Teaching the handshake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what, what, what is that thing? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's no exclusivity to it. There's no qualifying, not qualifying. Other than trying to, we're just trying to keep. That's right. Geographically, right. a little, little you know, more. People try to join ours. We ask them a couple questions. We ask them about what type of whiskey they want, you know, they love. Who do they know that's in the club? Because typically they're coming from some sort of referral. I mean, there's somebody you couldn't, you couldn't go find it otherwise. Right. Yep. But no, there's 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 nothing beyond that. And uh, we have a Facebook page that we like to communicate on. And a lot of times guys will put up, you know, even just happy birthday for somebody in the club. Or, right. or maybe this is what I'm drinking tonight. What are you guys drinking? And I think there's a certain level of, of activity that we like to see, you know, mm -hmm. people to be active, people to, to want to interact and enjoy the experience. But in terms of buying bottles, you know, there's 500 something people in the club and 200 bottles coming out. Yeah. Right. We, so we not not everybody wants every bottle. They may, they may want one out of every three. And then you have others that want two or three or four of every one that comes out. And so, you know, it's just a matter of what the, what the one is. So there's, yeah, there's not really an ask, uh, but there's, there's good availability. The reason we're shooting for a barrel a month has more to do with 
kind of the time it takes yeah. and some of the organization necessary to go pick it, get it distributed to the appropriate Logi channels. All the logistics. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's time consuming and, and there's no dues for anybody to go pay. It's just right. a group of folks. Sometimes when we do a bottle, this is an example of this tonight, right? So there's an asking price, but then there's also a donation on top of that. Yeah. Sometimes that we do to benefit, um, you know, other, a nonprofit or a specific organization. So yeah, you there's know a little bit about, about that. There's been some, some cool opportunities yeah. that, that the club has had and it stretches beyond just whiskey and bourbon. Uh, one of the members, actually one of the guys, that, that one of the, the admins that kind of helped runs this, <clears> ran into a, a family in, in Christmas time that needed some help. And I don't know what the final number was. I'm pretty sure it was over $3,000, but he just started asking for help. And, you know, Whiskey Club kind of <coughs> run it. There are some other cool things that, that we've kind of built in. Uh, people are going to get the chance to go wax the top of the bottle if they want to. And, uh, you know, there's the opportunity to donate. We've got some whiskey, whiskey swag We've got some, some glassware and some, some coasters and some other cool things. There's even mm. some Jimmy's hats. I know yeah. that. And so anybody who donates to the selected nonprofit, and this, on this specific occasion, it happens to be an organization that helps to prevent suicide rates mm. in veterans and first responders. Mm. And we've got a lot of veterans and first responders in the club. And, you know, really, we just asked at the beginning of the year, what are the organizations we want to support this year? And that one came up. So... There are some really cool opportunities to, to take this bigger than just enjoying whiskey. But what we found is I just think it's a huge group of individuals with a, a, a big heart. Yeah. One of the very first ones we did as a club when COVID kind of shut things down was to help some local bartenders, right? Yeah, bars that's right. were closed. That's right. And so bartenders are sitting at home and they're used to you know living off the tips and, and, and everything. Uh, you know, and that's, there's no way for that to happen. So, you know, we, we just... Same thing. We just got together and did some donations, and uh, and then did, uh, did a selection, and we got to select who's your favorite bartender. I think everybody got to do some nominations, and and um, and then you know we were able to give them some money in a, in a time of need for sure. And I think I think that had a lot to do with kind of the, the first jump in terms of growth for the club. She yep. had heard of us. We didn't have any barrels, but you know we obviously like our bartenders, and here they are sitting at home, kind of twiddling their thumbs, yep. and, and we wanted to go out and support. Well, we try to support locally as much as we can. Um, yeah. And I think we're going to have some really cool opportunities to, to make a difference this year. Sounds like yeah. a, just a big community of people. I don't think we recognized that when we started this thing. No. And you don't go join, you know, start this thing up saying we're going to go have a huge impact. I would just, for whatever reason, the, the type of people that want to join this and enjoy this, you know, great whiskey and great bourbon just happen to also have a, a a caring heart and, and want to give generously. And 2020 was a year of opportunity <laughs> for sure for us uh, from that perspective. And, and I think 2021 is just going to take off. Number one bourbon pairing. I like a good a good steak, a good what filet or something like that. You know, I know a couple of good guys in our club that and can make them right. So, um, you know, just something like that is, is, is you can't go wrong there. Just good old red meat. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm the kind of guy that drinks drinks it straight. I'm gonna call mm. it neat, so neat. there's no ice in it. But uh, I'm gonna be honest. I, I like to fire the grill up, and it doesn't matter if I have a steak or chicken or whatever on it. Me too. That's that's my preference as well. And and uh, but the one thing I learned is that everybody has a way of liking it. And you, there's no there's, there's no, no right or wrong judge. way. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, if that's the way you like it, enjoy it. And, and 
you know, it, I think it changes over time, but you know, I think that's the other that's the other piece that I've kind of recognized mm-hmm. just from seeing everybody else. We look at, we're looking forward to the growth and what what the year what the year brings the, yeah. the new year brings. I think we feel blessed to, to have mm-hmm. the opportunity. I'm I'm excited that, that that we can support you know keepers all here in our backyard. I said that for a long time. I think that that some of the girls out here are absolutely fantastic, and um, you know I'm, I'm trying to. I'm even trying to see if a couple other clubs want to come out and pick a, a barrel from from deeper salt from time to time. I think that uh, we'd like to help in that space. I think we're real excited about the the impact that we can have, you know, across several different local nonprofits this year as well. Yeah. You know, this is technically the second release we've had. We do want to grow the group. We want to grow the group with active members. I think that's important. Yeah, it's not you just know, a number. We want people involved. Quality and, members. You know, the the. the Larger it gets with with people that, that share the passion that we have with, with bourbon and whiskey. I think that the, the more we can do uh, on both sides, the, the more great picks yeah. that we can ultimately do at some point in the future, but the larger impact we can have at the same time. Well, that's amazing, guys. Thank you so much, one, for supporting Keeper Saul, but yeah. two, supporting the community in East Texas. Uh, you know, as we're growing, it's really fun to see groups of communities really building a solid foundation. So as we do grow, as more people come to East Texas, uh, we can really set some really solid foundations. Well, so. We appreciate you guys having us. We appreciate you doing this. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We clearly have some conviction around it, love <laughs> it and, and excited to, to maybe get the word out that, that we exist. And, uh, you know, we love anybody who shares That's our passion. The secret's getting out. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we'll see you guys next time. And uh, if you guys want to find out more information, just check out in the description below. I'll have uh, links to their pages uh, and you can find out more information about that.